Craggy Weekly Podcast, the Cardiff Away Edition. I'm Rob Murphy, this is Alan Deegan. Hi, Rob. We're in a restaurant, the game is finished, Connective won, what a win. Let's hear the story of the game. Indeed, great game. Great game. Oh, great result. Not yeah. a great game, great result. Good point. Yeah. But we get very excited. <laughs> we do indeed. <laughs> Loose ball, 10 metre line, Connacht half of the field. Out it comes to Anscombe, Anscombe goes back to Lilo, Lilo is on the, the loop, they've got it back inside and they're making a break, break, break here. Opportunity for Blues to make 25, 30 metres right up to the line. That was, in the end, Halaholo who made that break, 24, 25 metres, super stuff and he's only four metres from the Connacht line. Now Connacht have managed to realign in defence but they'll take some effort to stop Cardiff getting the first try of the game. This is very... Typical to a lot of games at this ground over the years for Connacht. Although the last couple of visits under Pat Lamb, they've certainly battled well. In fact, in six meetings under Pat Lamb, Connacht have got at least a losing bonus point. They've won two and drawn one. That's much better than the record they used to have against the Blues. Blues ball, five metres from the Connacht line underneath the posts. Trying to get in close, just four metres from that line now. Ball popped up and it's uh, Christian Dacey, the hooker. Ball comes back out to Lilo. Good tackling from Connacht there. Low and high, two players going in just to uh, cause as much trouble as possible. Quick ball from the rock. Connacht almost got caught out there because there wasn't a lot of Cardiff players on the open side. Didn't think they were going to give it. He's held up. They've gone to try and dive over the rock. That hasn't worked. Now they're trying to go over the line. They get the touchdown, do they? Crowd trying to tell the referee they did. Referee's going to have a look at this. What do you reckon, Alan? You might see yeah, this. Jake Heenan gets his hand on the ball. It's a case of what happens after that. Um, and and the, I don't think the camera angle is going to be able to show us because the re- the... Heenan falls in front of the camera so we, we can't really see the ref probably had the best position he ran in behind the, the where the, t- the ball was being touched down so if he didn't see it I can't see how he's going to give it but depends on his question see any evidence not to award a try would, I would guess was what the evidence yeah. was because he's just made the decision very quickly and the Blues in total control here now 11 points to nil early stages Connacht have had lots of possession We've got about 11 minutes to go to half-time, and that's a defining break from the Blues. It came from a penalty where Stacey Ely got isolated, a line-out for the Blues on the 10-meter line, sustained possession, and the difference between them and Connacht, they're making the break, breaks. Well, the that, was the first, well. that was the first real break of the game. That's the first time somebody has made any sort of um, break across the gain line, any major break across the gain line. There's been a couple of small half-breaks, but that's the first one that was a full-on clean line break. John O'Brien to J.P. Cooney into contact. John Cooney out of the... Uh, Rook and pops it up to Jay Keenan. Cooney's going to get it again on the next recycle. Carty, two minds what to do as the Blues push up, as so many teams do against Connick. Blues come true in the Rook, but John Cooney has tidied it up there. Carty really didn't know what else to do and probably did the right thing. Heenan skips O'Brien. That works well. Tom McCartney through the tackle, bursting towards the line. Five metres from the line is going to be held just short, one metre short in the end. Brilliant from McCartney. Pick and go at the fringe, could do it. Blues pushed him back. Great chance for Connick before half time. Really a huge opportunity. Cooney pops it back up. Rue spins through the challenge, tries to roll over the line, is held up short. Cooney digs it out underneath the post. Dennis Buckley, it's a disguise move. Carty all the way out. Matt Healy's going to be in for the try. What a big score for Connick. 13 points to five now. We've got two minutes to go to half time. Oh, we do. That was brilliant stuff from Connacht. And uh, once they got the line break, everything is there. Then the skills, everything ramps up. As soon as they got to the 22, they upped the intensity, they upped the pace. Um, sorry, I'm just looking. There was a bit of a kerfuffle at, uh, at the back of the guy line with, with Jake Heenan there, but um, from the last rook. It, yeah. Yeah, it seems to have sorted itself out. But yeah, sorry. They, they, once, they got, once they got across the 22, everything moved up a, up a, pay, up, up a notch. They, it was as though they'd been just playing this sort of standard game up to the 22, but got the 22, everything went up an absolute notch got the line break brilliant brilliant pass 
which set which set um, McCartney free, and yeah. he did really, really well. So we saw that a couple of times where the Fords just whipped it on. Muldoon to JP Cooney earlier in the break, yeah. but then the second time it broke, and then the strength of McCartney, two players bounced off him as he yeah. just burst through and probably set up that try, really. And I suppose if you're looking at the, you know, Glasgow or Cardiff have been pushing up right on each each forward, so it's that one forward gets the ball, the, the, the next Cardiff player is running up to the next player before he gets it. The skip pass was what made the space. So it's almost like they're they're doing it on purpose to lull the defence into a false sense of security, and then when they get into the twenty-two, using their um, using the extra bit to get the score. John Cooney with the conversion, left hand side of the field, right foot on the fifty metres in from the touchline. It grazes the post, it goes over, and that keeps or changes this game into a one-score game. Thirteen points to seven. What a difference that makes in the complexion on the so scoreboard. 30 seconds to go to halftime. Pat Lamb would have snapped her hand off for this 10 minutes ago. We were going through it before. And 44th appearance for JP Cooney in a Connacht jersey. Only his fourth start. Exactly, yeah. So like, and, he, and he's done incredibly well. I think he's played, he's played very well. He might not have the dynamism of someone like Finlay Bealham, but he's, he's done nothing wrong. He's been very solid. His scrumming has been excellent. Um, Lineups have gone relatively well um, where he's been lifting, so you know it's been a, a really good game for JP. 26-year-old Dennis Buckley in his 109th appearance for Connacht, and quietly effective too. Penalty coming Connacht's way at scrum time. They've been dominating, and they've got the penalty. I'd like to see them put this over the bar without even thinking about it. It's a very kickable position, and John Cooney has the ball in his hands. He's just waiting for the signal from his uh, manager, or his manager, his captain John Muldoon, and that is the call. Cooney from. 17 metres inside the t from the touchline and 10 metres outside the 22 has an opportunity to uh, half the deficit 13 points to 7 at the moment 7 penalties to 3 in terms of penalties conceded so Connacht are on top there and John Cooney is on top with that kick 13 points to 10 2 from 3 for Cooney thanks John we're, we're looking at Connacht attacking we're level 13 points apiece but there's a brilliant break there from Farrell and Farrell is inside the 22 when he's taken down 10 metres shy of the line Caelan Blade Connacht have had chances here John Muldoon Dave Heffernan going for the line 13 points apiece and we only have 3.5 minutes to go they're 5 metres from the line they have plenty of players one side they've gone to the other side Jake Heenan plenty of Cardiff defenders on that side unfortunately Farrell with the pass to him Blade one out runners again is it going to be Napier Fox Manamu at the first man he drops the head he's driven back he stopped Connacht have been here before they need to make this count Blade is going to go to Muldoon I think for all the world and Muldoon is just going to try and drive through two men and he's driven back but he presents the ball yeah but they're taking the ball standing still Rob like there's no forward running onto that ball they're, t they're standing still drop, drop goal, goal for Jack Carty Carty's gone for it and I think he's missed it he has missed it Connacht haven't kicked a drop goal in four years and you can see it's going to continue for a little bit longer right in front of the post how many chances do they need two minutes to go they've dominated these last ten minutes they are level here in the arms park two seasons running they've had heartbreak at this venue here's Carty no drop goal this time Tiernan O'Halloran goes for the drop goal has he got it O'Halloran oh, has nailed it Connacht <laughs> lead by 16 points to 13 and four years on from Dan Parks kicking a drop goal Connacht have finally kicked another one and this one could be huge oh this this could make the season it, re, re, it would reignite the season if they can win this they need to secure this ball they've had trouble securing them all the kickoffs up to now they need to get this ball secured hold on to it for what a minute and 30 seconds and the game is won. It would be amazing to win this game. 92 seconds of rugby to go. Blues are going to attack this restart as they've done the whole game. Lots of pressure on Connacht. Blues tap it back on their side of the field. Connacht come up. Smash tackle from Ronaldson. John Muldoon's over the ball. He's on his feet. Muldoon wants that ball. He's not going to get the penalty. That is a tough call. 
They've got the penalty. John Muldoon, the captain. Ronaldson with the tackle. And Muldoon, the warrior. Wonderful stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and Ronaldson's had a magic game. He absolutely buried a man when he got that ball. Again, it was, it was trouble from the kickoff. It has to be said, it was trouble from the kickoff. But brilliant defence from Connacht. It was like the first 30 minutes of the game was a European hangover and from then they're back playing old style Connacht monstrous away wins on the cards if they can see this through some Cardiff fans are leaving it's not over yet Ronaldson's left boot might finish this though if he can kick this dead there's no way back I think the uh, laws state that you have to make some attempt to kick for the post you can't just kick it to the touchline so no, that no, a, that's what it would be tempting get, get his foot under the ball and hit it as hard as he can this to win the game and I mean just kick it dead to win the game Ronaldson Drills it did. towards the line. He's actually gone for the post. And it's gone over the bar. And that is it. Connacht have won by 19 points to 13. A turning point in the season, they will hope. They have certainly earned that win. There's no question. Welcome back here to the town of Clifton. And I don't mean the one on the west coast of Ireland. I mean the one that has a beautiful suspension bridge looking over Bristol. Yeah, first suspension bridge ever built in the world. 80s class he had to pay one pound to go over it it was worth it it certainly was my car I should stress he can walk over it for free yeah yeah well worth it well worth the trip it's a it's a huge height it's only to go over you realise how high it is but it really is worth doing you know well done Mr Brunel We're, we've ordered dessert I think the producer was questioning us on Twitter whether whether that's in the budget but we've done it we have warm indeed. chocolate brownies with bourbon vanilla ice cream gluten free Hey, whiskey always works its way into the podcast. Now, I don't know if William would be happy with bourbon, but, you know, bourbon-flavoured vanilla ice cream. Whiskey's whiskey. Yeah, we should do a whiskey podcast spin-off. Anyways, moving on. What a win! Yeah, great to get a win. Super stuff. Like, for about 20, 25 minutes, it looked like there was a definite European hangover. There was a lethargy, lethargy about the way Connacht were playing. And then, Nia Adialokan gets a ball you shouldn't have been able to get. And it just seemed to catch a spark onto everybody else and all of a sudden you were looking at the Connacht team that won the championship last year and really dominated the second half both in defence and attack um, Cardiff hitting the post with a fairly straightforward penalty seemed to really deflate them um, after the ball fell off the tee <laughs> um, and that, after that Connacht just took over and finished the game very strongly and probably should have scored a try but got a drop goal at the second attempt which was great to see um, and then the final kick of the game was basically just trying to kick the ball off the field and we just happened to score points from it so well we're relaxing here and just before we make our order how about we take a snippet from the commentary after the game where I think we did a good wrap at the contest which will take you back into the atmosphere after the contest is finished sounds good We've been here two seasons running, I've said a couple of times, lost tight games, emotionally frustrated in those situations. It is going to be an epic win for another reason, because this is a venue Connacht have had trouble on. 4G surfaces, they've had six attempts, they haven't won in the game, this is the seventh attempt. The Connacht fans with the big flags over on the far side are going to greet their team. This is one of those special moments that we haven't seen for some time in the Pro 12. It certainly is. As I say, for the, the whole season, yeah, up, up to now... away from home. Certainly away from home. That we've, that's our, it's only our, sec, it's our first win in the way, Pro 12 away from home. Our only that's other win yeah, was yeah. In, the, in the European Champions Cup. Against Zebra, yeah. Yeah, so the, and, and to, play, to, to beat a team who are directly above you in the league 
you know, you, t- you, you win your game against Zebra and you're back, you're, you're into seventh, and now you're starting to look at what's, a, what's ahead of you. You've got Scarlets in your sights, you've got other teams that are there that you can take on, and the confidence that will flow from this will be brilliant. Tiernan O'Halloran's getting the Man of the Match award, but so many players stood up in those closing stages. Obviously, Healy's try before half time. When you think about it, Cardiff led 13 0 on about 26 minutes. From there to the end of the game, Connick scored 19 unanswered points. Oh, yeah, they took control of the game, absolutely took control of the game. The forwards were excellent, the scrum completely dominated, they got their line out sorted out. I think Jack Carty controlled the game very well. A couple of the kicks went straight down Cardiff players' throats, but in reality, it was making them play the game when they knew, Connick knew that they, you know, nothing Cardiff could do were going to get across the line. They'd made one mistake in defence and Cardiff scored a try from it yes and after that never looked like scoring a try they were on the five metre line two or three times and it didn't really look like they were going to score once they got hold of Hollow and realised what he was doing they stopped Cardiff after, after John Cooney got Connacht within three points uh, to 13-10 the Blues had a 10 minute spell of pressure on the Connacht line they hit the post with an easy penalty but outside of that Connacht didn't look like conceding and that just changed the flow of the game and what Connacht came back with was sustained pressure and O'Halloran has kicked a drop goal Connacht have kicked a drop goal <laughs> after what happened in Toulouse if anything else that's going to just uh, get rid of some demons as the Connacht team walk across to the 50 or 60 Connacht fans on the far side which is a brilliant number to be travelling on a Sunday afternoon to Cardiff in the flags are up and everything nice little moment oh it is it's brilliant it's brilliant to see and yeah actually the last drop goal Connor scored was against the Welsh team it <laughs> was the Dragons that they scored against so yeah it's um, hopefully they, they've realised that points on the board is what it's about right as we got to go back to studio busy day we don't want to get back to uh, the second half and go in for Manor. I just want to say next week Alan Saturday evening the Dragons at home now Connacht are lining up these fixtures with Treviso away after that with Zebra to come as well at home as well as away there is a lot of opportunities for Connacht in this competition to go up the table and certainly uh, as you said cement seventh first and foremost I should say and try and get into the top six well it's, it's about putting pressure on the teams in fifth and sixth because you know okay we've got teams come, but, but the opposite the others have Zebra and Treviso to play as well so we can't sorry yeah we're going to get five points there the chances there they yeah, will too fair point. but they have to win they must get the points on the board this is our best time of year always has been and we need to make sure we make it this year as well and next Saturday against the Dragons big game for Connacht huge game for Connacht and we need you know they'll need the fans to be about in force to cheer them on get them going again they're back playing the great rugby and hopefully the weather holds up if I want to take one thing to finish this game John Muldoon winning that penalty on the halfway line that's my image that I'm going to take from it brilliant stuff yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say, I was really impressed with Craig Ronaldson. He, he made really the tackle showed, that yeah, forced that behind he, the game. He's really yeah. showed what we were missing there. And I'm, I have to say, I'd, I really would like to see Tom Farrell starting because he gave us a huge amount when he came on the field. He really did. What a win. Let's not forget Ronaldson's halfway line. A kick from inside the uh, Blues half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it still had a bit to travel. Um, you know, he, he, he kicked very well. And he didn't even practice his kicks before the game. He did a little bit later. Oh, later on, did he? Yeah, no, 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 John Cooney was on his Cooney own did, for most yeah. of the time doing it. Um, but, you know, that, that's a brilliant win. That, you know, it's Isn't the it? biggest bogey team. It's the first time we've ever done the double over them. Right. Which is just incredible to think that we've, we've done that. Because um, we never had a chance. I think the only... Yeah, I don't I'll have to double check that. But I'm as far as I know, that's stats, the first time. Seven wins for Connacht, two two draws, and 19 defeats over the years. And two of those wins have come in the last couple of years against them. So they really have been a bogey side for for Connacht. In fact, the only times they've won here, I think Willie Falloon got a couple of tries in 2013 when Connacht won here by a couple of points. And then you have to go back to uh, Eric Elwood winning uh, six-three thriller back in 2001 in the dawn of this uh, Celtic League competition. 
the alarms and it, and are going off here, but yeah, it's another one for Pat Lamb. That means he's he's got a record of one three loss three. I think if I'm right in thinking, has he got that? I think it's, it, two it, wins, it, one draw, three defeats coming in. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So he's he's sort of evened up his his matches there. I'm not sure that adds up quite yeah, right, but anyway, you might have missed something I, there. I think I've put something wrong there. <laughs> we'll have to question your statistics for yeah, the first time I, today. I, I was a bit late putting that one together. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts on some of the players who played well because like, I was talking about Muldoon at the end there but there are so many other guys and even Tiernan Halloran getting man of the match that's fine but what about some of the performances like we said I thought Craig Ronaldson so, was one, one win one draw that's what it was one so, win one draw yeah and, yeah and three defeats so now it's gone to two that makes sense Craig Ronaldson what a performance today he was outstanding he was he was absolutely brilliant he was he was. Um, I don't like man of the match but I like, yeah. I like to see guys who stand out and he certainly did a couple of times he made huge hits in the, on the field um, and I think at one stage uh, um, it wasn't just an attack that uh, the substitute name just dropped out of my oh, head. Tom Farrell. Tom Farrell made a major, major hit um, early in second. I thought we thought it was initially we thought it was it was um, Ronson over there, but it was Farrell, and then Ronson came back and made the second one because uh, they both had the two on the back. But anyway, it was pretty close. But he did. They definitely worked much better as a pairing than I thought um, Stacey Ely did. Hmm. Now Ely did make an unbelievable call here in the second half which stopped an almost certain try when they had a four or five man overlap when they took a quick tap penalty yeah um, and oh that was a huge tackle oh yeah. massive tackle yeah um, but he, he's, he looked as though he was a guy coming back from injury and yeah. was struggling to get up to the pace of the game um, so I'd, li- I'd really like to have a look at Tom Ford uh, Tom Farrell from the start good moments too in the back three I'm not sure Niadio Lokens at the pace where he was earlier in the season if we're being honest wasn't poor today either though did some good no, things defensively game, yeah, and did seem to come back into his own Healy might have knocked that ball on but he took his try well and was getting into the game and obviously O'Halloran continues to be the most dynamic most effective yards gained in terms of mounted carries in the entire league he came in with those statistics leading yep. both those statistics as you were telling me today yep and then we saw what we saw all the evidence of in those closing stages. Oh yeah, and that drift, that beautiful drift when he went around his man was absolute reminiscent of what he did in the final when he scored the try. That same sort of show, and it wasn't wasn't a full show and go, and that he just showed. But was never going to pass the ball, but he just sort of drifts outside people. He just glides. He's a beautiful glider of the ball. And as I say, the, the biggest thing for me was like we, we talked about it. We were saying, what are kind of going to do? They're thirteen 0 down. What what needs to change? And what changed was actually it was Niadi Loken. He won a ball that he shouldn't have won just outside the 22. Crossfield kick, won the ball. And it just gave Connacht the momentum to sort of get up and going. And then the the confidence just flowed back into them. It really did. And we sound like two backs here if we continue to praise the backs as much as this without mentioning guys like Sean O'Brien, like Tom McCartney. Big, big games for those guys. Oh, you know, as I say, they 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 gave the front football to the backs. They were smashing guys down. And as I say, from certainly in the second half, they changed their tackling technique ever so slightly, started tackling a bit lower and started dominating, completely dominating their opposite numbers. They had been dominating in the scrum. Um, other than that, it was fairly even Stephen. But then the second half, they grew into the game and had some massive game. Jay Keenan, huge game from Jay Keenan badly needed from him yeah some big big breaks one of his breaks in the second half led to one of the scores it was a massive moment in the game and it was really cleverly created by Caelan Blade who made a huge impact I thought at the yeah. breakdown oh, he was massive. outstanding yeah, he was I mean, that break yeah. in the lead up to the final score what a break oh he ran over fella he gave a massive handoff he rolled across a guy he was just it was just brilliant and the front row played very well and again again you're looking at Finley Bealham come on the field now JP Cooney had played well there's no question there's the best I've seen JP play but he's not at Finley's level. Yeah. Finley just raised it up another level again. Um, we had a couple of try uh, scrum penalties against 
against um, Dennis Buckley, which I thought were slightly unfair. Um, but it was just a huge game, a huge win. Just back to that blade incident, I, I said as he was bursting through there, it was like a windmill just spinning over as he went yeah. through the tackle there. <laughs> it was some pretty special <laughs> stuff from him. He, he shrugged off two defenders and got, got, almost got to the try line. He certainly did. It certainly looked like a windmill the way he was putting his hands up there and dropping fellas off left and right. So um, huge, huge Wonderful impact he's made. Blade. Wonderful and it's the best impact that the bench have made in a long time. Mm. Every one of the bench players yes. made an impact. Yeah. Even Dawei, Dawei came on and absolutely buried the guy as he cleaned out from one of the, from the kickoff after the drop goal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're looking at that's what's needed. These guys have to come on and make a difference, and they did. Right, that's it. Someone's burst out the wrong gate at this venue and uh, in frustration, I think, and the alarms have gone off. So probably a good time for us to leave. I just want to tell you a couple of things. Stick with us here in Galway Bay FM live next weekend uh, with a build-up show on the stream and then uh, for about uh, 10 minutes before kickoff, and then from 7.35 on Saturday we'll be live. I want to remind you that you can follow us, uh, both myself and Alan and William Davis, who just texted me there to say that was the longest kick from Craig Ronson since the days of Mark McHugh, so he's right there. <laughs> He'll be back next week as well. You can follow us on at Craggy Rugby Pod, and we do the Craggy Rugby Podcast. Good way to get some extra bits around the game. We're going down now to interview the, ma- interview the coaches and maybe get a few players as well. That's it from us here. Thanks very much, Alan. Yeah, good job, Rob. Great result. Great start to the uh, spring period of rugby. We'll see how it all works from here. Dragons next weekend, but four points on the board. Connacht is starting to climb back up that table. That's it from the Arms Park. Final score. Cardiff Blues 13, Connacht 19. Okay. I chatted to Pat Lamb afterwards. You know, William was saying in the press conference this week, not the same energy about him maybe as he was early in the year. That Toulouse game really still rankles. And we're talking about not just demeanour, because he said that in his, in his own words. And even today, you'll hear in the post-game interview, he mentions again that they had six or seven chances to uh, to seal that game or to see what they needed in, in that Toulouse game. It still rankles with Pat, and I don't think that's going to leave him for years. No, and I suppose what makes it even worse is that they, they did finish it off today. Like what's great to see is that Connacht learnt the lesson and, and dropped the goal. And when, they, when the first one didn't work, they still had the, the nerve to go back and do it again. Um, and it's not, I, I don't see it necessarily as a sort of an indictment of the fact they couldn't score a try. I think you, you get into the 22 and you score points. If you score points, you win matches. It doesn't matter how you score them. Um, so yeah, I'd say Pat is a little bit annoyed that we managed to do it this time, but should be pleased with the fact that the team did learn. One thing I wanted to pick up on what you were saying in the commentary was the patience shown when things were going wrong, kept coming back. That Caelan Blade break into the 22 that ultimately led to score came after the team could have been demoralised by chance after chance slipping away, including the missed drop goal. Yeah, and and you know the the pass that uh, Matt Healy wasn't quite able to pick up. That's two games in a row now he's managed to been unlucky with quite tough pass that he just wasn't quite able to get hold of um, like he did injure his hand earlier on in the year and I'm just wondering how much impact it's had because he used to be able to catch that sort of stuff and he's, you'd, you'd wonder whether the, you know it's, it's, he's just lost some sort of feeling in his hand that he can't quite grasp difficult difficult passes because there was a brilliant break by Jay Keane and an excellent offload um, but excellent in that you know he managed to get the offload in the scenario and didn't quite have it at the height that Healy would have liked but um, you would have thought maybe last year he might have grasped hold of those and kept hold of them um, but you know we scored we won what more could you want talk to Dennis Buckley afterwards some great stuff from Dennis as well and I spoke to Tyrion O'Halloran looked like he was picked out for man of the match we don't get into that kind of stuff but he did have a, have a good game I love your stats on most carries most most metres gained in the league you know for a guy who's 
who's on the fringe of the Ireland squad just can't break through because we all know the way Joe Schmidt selects and if you've been there before very hard to play your way out of that position but Halloran is playing some great rugby he certainly is you know he's he's he's, he's a man who's obviously really in good form one break he made today where he just ghosted past the defenders was very, very reminiscent of the try he scored in the final and he just has he just seems to glide around the place and does really well is a threat on the ball worries defenders on a constant basis he defended very well today as well took a lot of high balls because it was quite a difficult wind it, it appeared that you know once it went to, once the ball went above the height of the stand the wind had a major effect on, on the flight of the ball and he seemed to control all that very very well ok so let's hear the post game interviews and there's some good energy in these so you really hopefully will enjoy them Pat, uh, just going through the stats there, that's a double over Cardiff. It's no mean feat, really. They started the season very, very well. They're a strong side, and it's a venue that Connacht have had trouble winning at in the past, so you must be very happy with this result. Yeah, extremely happy. I mean, um, to get the result, first of all, and, you know, to finally break a duck, you know, to, to, you know, to, do, to do Cardiff twice in a year is, is, is a big effort when you consider the, the quality of the team they have. Um, you know, in seventh play and eighth, it's... Um, you know, I said before the game was crucial to uh, was a crucial for both sides. Um, you know, we weren't great in the second twenty minutes. It was, I showed footage at half time how I just straight question, what is this, fellas? What is it? And um, so put a later bit of a challenge down half time, then John Muldoon laid a challenge and the boys responded. I thought our defence in that second half was much better. And um, uh, you know, I think we saw in the first half Willis Hullahullo just running through guys at will and falling on and then you know then we were able to mark up and do that. So yeah, we've been saying all year, you know, the games we've lost we could have easily have won and it's been little moments, little little things, guys getting things wrong and um, so it's very pleasing to come out with the win. Psychologically the disappointment of missing out on the Champions Cup quarterfinal when you know you could have got you could have made it and obviously the difference between your run for a title and maybe what it is right now which is a run for the top six people could have said will Connick be up for this those closing minutes it was like everything we saw at the end of last season yeah it was I mean we I think the first bit of review after Toulouse game was the last 15 minutes uh, how we could have done that better and we had eight opportunities to get into the Champions Cup quarterfinals and it's one of the areas that we, we were annoyed about but as I said the, the, this team learns fast and so we put a bit of work on it on uh, closing plays out if we because we said we've got no margin for error really um, uh, if we want to want to get there and we've, we've got nine games to go now so it was making sure we ticked everything and the whole game was making sure we got structures for different things so with about ten minutes to go we we put the call out we actually called the call to loose to uh, um, you know to uh, go through what we did at training and. You know, I know Jack missed the first one, but you know there was awareness right through from a right across the squad to get the three points and, and get ahead first. So um, it was pleasing to see the boys do it. First half an hour, not a lot of penetration. Last five minutes of the half, plenty of it. Intensity stepped up. That try was very, very important in the context of the game. But what was the difference? What was missing in that first half? Hour? Yeah, I think we, we had a little bit of disruption during the week. There's a couple of guys who played that, that got injured and didn't train on the on the Friday. Our, um, our team attack, so it was... We, we were just our timing was off and um, and you know we were playing you know their line speed was was fast and there was times when we were passing the ball we just need to step and carry and we're tipping passes on where from with, with no, um, no no momentum and we're getting hit behind the line um, and then we came out of structure sometimes as well so we spoke about that at half time and then we talked about uh, defense as well so it's just about bringing the energy really and, and challenging and, and you know and there's some guys 
who you could tell were just weren't on top of their game at that stage. So there was a challenge to get out there and uh, um, fix it. it was, everything was fixable, and uh, so it was much better. Really helped by the fact there was a big impact from the bench in those last things. Yeah, all the bench boys. I said that was the last thing I said in the huddle before we came out. I said, well, on the bench, and that, that's what we need, and that's what we're going to need for the rest of the, the, the run-in for the season. Bench have to step up, and uh, that's going to be a whole whole squad thing and some competition, and there's certainly now uh, there's some good selection options. It's going to be away from the spotlight compared to last year, but there's an opportunity of making a bit of a run here up the table if you can keep this momentum going into the Dragons next week for start. Yeah, we identified that. Um, you know, once uh, Champions Cup rugby was gone, um, you know, we've broken this down into four, you know, ten games, four blocks. So we've got a block of four. So we've done one, three to go. Um, we're back home at the sports ground. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get a good crowd out there and, uh, and we'll have another good prep, get home tonight, six-day turnaround. And... Um, you know, uh, and try and crank it up and uh, and uh, have a good week's work. Big gap to the top six, still doable? Oh, yeah, of course it is. I mean, there's a lot of rugby to play, um, but all we can focus on is get the points. You know, if we get the points, then, uh, you know, we'll uh, just you know, just keep chipping away. And Cardiff, the first time to do a double over them, that's something you're going to take with you anyway? Yeah, I'm very, very, very proud of that. I mean, it's... Uh, we come here, you know, every time it's been frustrating games, you know, I think the first year was... We were penalised off the park. The second year went to 89 minutes. We lost in the land last year. We had three injuries and Matt Healy had to do 40 minutes at halfback. And we've been in those games, so to get one over the line is, is uh, extremely pleasing. Um, we, we, we certainly made hard work for this. Probably not the, the start that we, uh, we wanted in the first half we wanted. Um, thankfully, we got a try just before half-time, which which gave us a bit of a lifeline and, and you know, fair juice to the lads. There was a lot of character, a lot of heart shown there to uh, to dig deep and come back and, 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 and to, to grind out that result. Yeah, that score after halftime then just backed that score before halftime up and then suddenly the momentum was with you. You probably had the better of the second half overall. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did a decent second half at times, like other times not so, not so good, but um, I thought in the second half we, we, we played a lot of rugby. We... Uh, we we put them under a lot of pressure. We we like there was obviously the try with knees in the corner that that, that wasn't given. The try with Matt the, the other side that wasn't given. They were all they were all uh, close calls and, and 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 another time we would have finished those. Um, like we I thought we created a lot of opportunities and uh, and thankfully we we, we, we we took took enough points to get the result today. You believe there's still a lot to be played for in this competition. I know the point the table would suggest that you're well adrift, but this win could turn the momentum now. Oh yeah, absolutely, it's huge. We, we had a good uh, a good chat there in the off week. We, we looked at the table, we looked at our upcoming fixtures and sort of this block of four games is, is a huge block of games for us. Um, obviously Six Nations on, other teams missing players. I know we're missing some ourselves, but we we, we, just, we, we sort of set our goal that we'll, we'll go after this, four, this block of four games. We'll get some results and hopefully it can be a catalyst to, for a really strong finish to the season and, and to start... Uh, to be the start of, of working our way back up the table to where we want to be. I asked Pat, what was the difference in the first half, na- half an hour to maybe the last five minutes of that first half? What changed that allowed you to get into the 22 and score? Um, it, 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 it's, it's hard to put, put, put your finger on. I think we just looked after the ball a little bit better. Um, we, we sort of upped the tempo a little bit and, and we probably stuck to our phase play and our shape a little bit better. Um, there was times in the first half that I think everyone f- fell a little bit out of shape and, and, and you're looking at the person next to you like, what do we do here, etc. And, and one, one, something, one, one, one phase kind of falls out of sync. It's very hard to correct that and get back into it. But I think then in the second half and sort of the last 20 minutes, we uh, really stuck to our systems and our shape. And uh, everybody did their job. We looked after the ball. Our breakdown picked up a little bit. We had faster rook ball, which, which in turn allowed us to put them under more pressure, which allowed us to build scores. And, and thankfully, uh, 
we, we, we got the scores we needed in the end. And then the energy, those closing stages, fans are going to take a lot from that, you're going to take a lot from that, the team seems to be back in a good groove again. I mean, I was looking at Craig Ronaldson going off to that tackle at the end and Muldoon going in for the turnover. I'm thinking of Stacey Eady bursting out of the line at one point to try and get a, force a turnover in the back. Those little things coming from every player that seem to be good desire, real determination. Yeah, there, there, was, there was a lot of fight there. The sort of the challenges put, 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 put onto us at half-time that we needed a little bit more and I think in the second half a lot of lads stood up and, and some lads made some big plays and, and, and that gets the crowd going and it was great to see so many Connacht supporters here. Um, like it was, it was a pretty empty stadium obviously with the Wales game yesterday and, 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 and all that but uh, yeah, look, those big plays get the crowd behind you, it builds confidence within yourselves and within the group, that sort of radiates throughout the whole team and, and it allows you to, to sort of play, play better, it's infectious. Next Saturday, the Dragons keep it going I guess. It's huge, yeah. We, we need to back this up now. Um, we need to have a big result. Thankfully, we're back home next next week. And uh, Dragons are going all right. They obviously bet us over there already this season. So so we, there's a, a little bit of a revenge factor. But yeah, we, we, we need to back it up now again and get a good result next weekend. It's huge. Still to come on this podcast before we're finished here. Questions on Twitter that some of you sent us. We'll get to that in a second. Any other business, as always. Before that, though, just a couple of things to tidy up, to loose ends, we'll call it. The weekend started with uh, four games on Friday night and one huge win that really put the pressure on Connacht. This made this game a must-win if there's any hope of finishing in top six. And even now, the chances are still slim after the Scarlet's won away to Glasgow. Yeah, that was a huge win for, for Scarlet's. I did, I did flag it up because I noticed that when Glasgow, because they, they miss so many players when the internationals come on, they're their second in line um, level, their second layer, layer of players just isn't at the same level as everybody else's because they're so gutted. Um, they don't have the strength and depth that Leinster do, who can put out a very good, strong second side. Um, and that was a massive, massive win for Scarlets, which sort of pushed them even further away from us, which put more pressure on Connick needing to get the result today. So, like, it's very pleasing to see that with the pressure on, they got the result and they got to play in some good rugby. We were coming into this, and like, I don't think we were too fired up in terms of Connick's chances. I, I think, you know, absence of some key players, obviously, off with Ireland, injuries, all that kind of stuff, and just maybe the form too. And it was just really hard to get a gauge on how how focused, clued in Connick would be on a cause that that almost seems lost, but I'm sure the players don't think so. And just after the disappointment of the Toulouse game, we've leave this game now with that feeling that this team is back on track in that regard. But there's stuff around the edges too. And I, we were reading the Sunday Times today, John O'Gibbs, one of key targets for Connacht from a point of view of head coach is going to be linking up with Ulster and it won't even be in the head honcho job no, head well, coach but second in command to Les Kiss yeah head, head coach but Kiss, Les Kiss stays as director of rugby so it's, it's, it is a bit disappointing to think that he was offered the top job in Connacht and, and appears to have said no to it but then has taken as you say a second in command job in Ulster, you'd, you'd have to imagine that, that finances are coming into that somewhere along the way, and that you know Connacht maybe don't have the finances to deal with, you know, attracting coaches of the quality of John O'Gibbs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where Connacht go from here. Trickier and trickier to work this out, you know. John McKee's name came up; doesn't seem to be anything sticking with that. Obviously, Tony Brown came up in the paper, and that was shot down pretty quickly. You know, there's, there's names popped up, but they've they've gone back again. You don't really know. I mean, it's not going to necessarily be about finance all the time. So many other factors in terms of whether coach comes over or goes. But listening to Dave Ellis in the brilliant interview, but William and Lindley did with him during the week, you get the idea of 
of a man, what, what different coaches can bring to a setup, and what he brought to the Connex setup. And you think about the, the dynamics of the Pat Lamb management setup, including Andre Bell as well, who would I would have loved to heard an in-depth interview with him as well because he played such a key part. And you're thinking now we're just a little bit floating in the dark. We're not quite sure where this is all going to go. Yeah, like I know you say money isn't everything, but in in this scenario, you, you, be, you, yeah. you'd have to look at you know, why why would he. You know, why wouldn't he come to Connacht and, and take it? It can't be just, you know, we've got a quite a lot of good players. We've got a you know a lot of a decent enough squad. We're the Pro 12 champions. Why would he pick a team that's struggling? Um, like Ulster. Like Ulster, especially in the front five. But, but does it something like a, a you know Kingspan Ravenhill, beautiful stadium, huge setup, once champions of Europe, once finalists of Europe in the European Champions Cup more recently? Does all that kind of stuff? That kind of push Connacht back when, when let's, it's still the same old ground it was it still looks like it's quirky and we know it looks brilliant but when you look on TV the clan terrace isn't as impressive as if you experience it all those little things just optics I'm just throwing in optics that's what I'm talking about optics Is that are we losing that battle before we even start? No but I, just as, as I mentioned the fact that um, you know they, they didn't have a great front five John Gibbs is a forwards coach and it probably you know maybe it's something he's looking at well here's an ex-European champion team who as you say have magnificent stadium mm. unbelievably good followers um, certainly an awful lot more cash in the bank than, than Connacht do uh, and, and a challenge to put a front five together because they've got a heck of a back line but they give that backline front football and they're going to be very, very dangerous. We'll have a chance with the group next week to talk this more in depth because it'll be interesting to get all the different angles on it. So don't worry about that. We're not going to leave it at this. But this is a big story and it's a big, it could say a lot about how we're going to develop. And I just, yeah, just to stretch that term a little bit further. Like, I mean, we know what we have and what we grew, what we built in the last few years, over maybe over the last decade, but certainly over the last five years. And obviously with Lamb in particular in terms of on the field. But there is still that factor. Where's the story with the new stadium? How do you make this team look like the champions that they are off the field as well as on the field we know the substance is there because we experience it but the outsiders don't know it's there no they don't and, and, and maybe you're looking at a situation that you know how do you how do you follow the guy who took the you know the team regarded as the the the, the, the worst team in the league I suppose or, or close enough not counting the Italians Worst team in Ireland, um, lowest budget, and has made them champions. Like, how do you follow that? How do you, you know, as a coach, you, you want to follow the guy who's the absolute nutter hero? How do you follow that? So that's going to be a difficult job to follow, which may maybe play on people's minds as well. Yeah, you um, could nearly write an article and have about six different headings that are that give you challenges if you're trying to seek a head coach for Connick. Yeah. Following Pat Lamb, obviously you've got the, the like we said, the stadium issues, the optics, players leaving like Robbie Henshaw, even Robbie Henshaw alone leaving. That's that image that that the rest of the world put on that even though we know yeah, how it doesn't that, have to be so crucial but others put too much too much on that don't they yeah but that that that, that has been balanced in the meantime we Tom know McCartney. this yeah. no but it's actually the optics have been balanced Bundyaki's yeah. resigned Tom McCartney's resigned um Alton Delan's resigned so our star players have resigned so well, we still have those guys so that optic was, was last year's optic it's not this year's optic there's lots and lots of positives in terms of the growth no team in Europe has seen a growth in average attendances over 10 years like to Connacht not too many teams I'd like to see see some examples of teams that have grown at well we've probably grown at 400% or so in terms of the numbers through the ground so there's, there's plenty If you like if you write that article the answers are there as well 
and like you just struck in my head there going yeah there's an answer straight back there's got to be more answers to all our other issues oh, but at the same time John O'Gibbs picks Ulster and we go hmm there's something to that yeah it's disappointing but you know just, as you mentioned there's, there's other personal issues it's just disappointing and that's more the, again could be an optical thing that you know what are people saying well why is he picked that and not Connacht you know I think people are missing out if they, if they look at it we have to look at it that way it's a bit like you know we've got our own new we've got our sports ground but it's our sports ground and we love it and the clan stand no the clan stand is is the best place to watch a game of rugby I understand why they put the ice on top of the brownie Ah, that just happened. Yeah, that's fine. No problem at all. Thank you. Oops, dessert's gone. Yeah, it looks good. Looks very good. Ice cream on top of the banana, but we're not complaining. No, I can live with that. Any other business? A couple of things I wanted to say. First of all, uh, Danny Wilson. Odd stuff he was talking afterwards. Talking about the fact that we should have drawn the game. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard a rugby coach emphasise twice in a post-game interview that we should have got the draw. Especially, Especially considering we're talking about, like Connacht went ahead with about eight minutes to go. What is that? They were winning thirteen nil at home, <laughs> you know. And, they, and he's talking about drawing the game, but he like he he made that comment before, you know, in, in the press conference on Thursday or Friday, where he talked about the fact that oh, we're going to play Connacht now, and they're the least least disrupted team, and with the internationals. And I'm thinking, you have four guys, we have four guys, so that makes it even. And at the time. Uh, Good match was, there, Alan. That's why we have yes, stats. Back. Yeah, but like Cuthbert was av- was available to him at that time. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't on the team. He wasn't on, even on the bench that I can see for Wales. So like he was effectively going to have more player, less players. Disruption. He had one player, one Welsh Cardiff player on the Welsh team, and that was um, the former captain, the wing forward. His name just escapes me because I'm too tired now. Uh, Warburton. And like he doesn't really play for Cardiff, so they were more or less at full strength, apart from injuries, the same as ourselves. So it's kind of annoying to hear him give out about that and moan on about it, and then to hear him, as I say, talking about a draw, getting a draw. I think, what a weird scenario. That's, I don't know. Mm, interesting. Uh, any other business on your end? No, I like the way you hijacked mine there, well done. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. You made a much better job than I would have ever made <laughs> On that bombshell, Collective One, away from home. Cheers yeah. to that. Alright.